So this week, uh, it's way number nine of the 48 ways. And just because it's been a while, maybe we should just revise what the 48 ways are. So Pirkei Avois, everyone's seen before. In the sixth chapter, which is the last chapter of Pirkei Avois, the sixth Mishnah says the Torah is acquired through 48 ways. Well, it first says greater is, the, greater is Torah than kingship and priesthood because it's acquired through 48 ways. And these are the 48 ways, and it lists them. And Rav Noach Weinberg of Aish added, he built the 48 ways into lessons that will not only help you acquire Torah, but will help you live your life in general better, general life lessons. Um, and the lesson today, I think, is one of my favorite 48 ways. Um, definitely in the top 50. I, I'll, <laughs> it's in the top 50. <laughs> um, but it's definitely, it's, it's really a wonderful way. Um, so in Hebrew, it's Tahara, Tahara, English purity. So in religious context, when you say purity, you get a weird vibe. But the word purity here is not what um, uh, like Christians would use the word purity. Pure, so if I had to talk about something being pure gold, so that means that there's nothing else but gold, right? There's absolutely no other additions. There's no uh, impurities in that gold. It's 100% gold. And it's exactly the same way we're using it over here. Purity here means using all your faculties, your abilities, uh, your potential to 100% of what you can with no distractions. So this way is a huge way because if you think one of the biggest things that's stopping you from getting anywhere in very small matters and in very big matters are distractions. So for example, I know how many times I've had to reread something just because I wasn't concentrating the first time I read it. And something that should have taken half an hour to do or an hour to do takes three hours to do because I'm just not focused. You also have felt, so you also have felt that sometimes that your mind is scattered and not, you're not even, you're trying to focus, but you can't focus, you're worried about the next thing. So sometimes if you're anxious, you've got these negative emotions coming up and they're also distracting you, even though you're trying to be focused. Not like you've got your phone up, maybe you've turned your phone off, you've realized you've got to do something. And also, you know that in your ideas sometimes, you're not absolutely clear about what you believe. You've heard concepts many times, but you don't 100% have those ideas very clear. Also in your goals, you have a very general kind of idea in your life where you want to go and you have a general vibe of what you think is the right move. But if someone had to say, list your three top goals straight, go now, what are you living every day for? You can't do that. Well, I mean, I can't do that. So the way, so this way is all about using your mind, your emotions and your goals to 100% so you can become a great person. So the way splits into intellectual purity, emotional purity, and goal purity. And again, purity means no distractions, nothing else, 100%. So in terms of intellectual purity, we start off by talking about focus. So um, we, we have something that's well known as, uh, as the monkey brain, meaning it's always jumping around, right? Your mind is, I mean, how many thousands and millions of thoughts are coming in at every moment? And you're not even thinking about the most important thing at the moment. And intellectual purity would require you to have razor sharp focus. So what that means is if you have to do a task, make an active decision that that's what I'm going to focus on. And you're going to feel your mind slipping away and you'll feel that it's almost impossible because 
you know that you can control your hand, um, but that's only because you're used to controlling your hand. You're not used to controlling your mind. Your mind control muscles are very, very weak. So it's going to feel very difficult. But so when you, when you know when you're trying to focus on something, you feel your mind slipping away. And what you've got to do is you've got to try to pull it back. And then you're going to feel like it's going to slip away again. And then you try to pull it back. And you're aware that your focus is slipping. Um, and you may also feel, though, that it could be impossible to always control your focus to say, now I can turn on focus like I can turn on um, doing some action. But it's not. Because you know if you are pressed, if you do have pressure, for example, if you have a deadline the next day, you know you can get it done. There your focus can come. So you know your mind does have the ability to do the focus. It's just a matter of training the mind to get there that you can turn it on when you want to turn it on, when you need it to come on. Um, another idea of intellectual purity is you have ideas that you believe are true. And so if someone says, do you believe in this? You say, 100%, I've got no doubt that this is what I believe in. Yet you don't act like it. So for example, you can um, believe that um, Hashem is real and he's watching you, yet we don't act as if he is watching us the whole time. There's um, a cognitive dissonance between what you believe and what you act. So if you have emotional purity, sorry, intellectual purity, it means that there's a consistency between your beliefs and your actions. So um, in Pirka Avois, it gives you a tip on how you can, um, well, what's it called? Live with, live with what you believe. So it says, look deeply at three things and you won't come into the hands of sin. So number one, know what is above you. That is an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and all your actions are written in a book. So Rabbi Willis here writes, the sages who are talking to from Jews to observant Jews say, pay attention to what you believe is true and see that it is the reality of your existence. Only then will your actions match up with your mind. So make, make a decision, he's trying to say. Pick up others and say, make a decision that the beliefs I have are how I'm going to act. Now, even though we're talking about focusing on one thing, it doesn't mean that that's how you're always going to be. You're not always going to be moving that this is my one activity at this moment. I'm completely shutting off to everything else. I'm putting my focus into this because this is how I can get it done now. And that's it. Because now, for example, it, th that is how it's going to be when you start off practicing on focus. But for example, you know when you started driving a car, before, like just after you got your license, so just in your initial lessons, you had to learn how to indicate, you had to worry about the clutch, you had to worry about the gears, you had to check your mirrors. And if someone said, let's turn the radio on, or started talking to you, you said, I can't, I'm trying to drive, you're trying to, what are you doing? But now, you can drive on the highway, change lanes, check mirrors, indicate, play music, talk to someone, and not maybe even hold the wheel all the time. I don't do that. Uh, but, but what that means is that the brain can get trained to have these multiple tracks running through it. And they don't have to interfere with each other. So remember, when you talk about distractions, they're interfering with your, what your main task is. But there's um, a rabbi, his name is Rav Chaim Oizer Gradzinski, who was able to write two letters simultaneously with these two different hands and have a conversation with a third person and they were all three different topics. And that sounds crazy, but you're doing something similar, albeit in a much simpler way, when you're driving. Now, 
But that level is what the brain is capable of. Just because you can focus on one thing doesn't mean another thing you're focusing on have to have to fight each other. And the Torah also gives you advice on how to do this. And it says, it's a pasuk from Tehillim, famous one, it says, I place Hashem before me always. So that means you're always thinking about Hashem no matter what you're doing uh, in anything else. And you can train yourself to say, so in the same way when you're driving, you're aware of indicating the lanes, but you can talk. Same way you can live, you're aware of Hashem, and you can do all of your other activities. You're never ever forgetting about Hashem. So you can, to train the mind, not only to focus on one thing at a time, but to be able to have multiple tracks, you can train yourself to focus on thinking about Hashem all the time as well. So even when you have a task, also try to keep in the back of your mind, I'm, I'm placing Hashem before me now as well. Okay, that's intellectual purity. Emotional purity means choosing the most productive emotion at that moment and not letting negative emotions disrupt your life. Okay, so a very famous um, principle in 48 Ways, we've seen this tons of times, is that you can control your emotions because your emotions are the result of your thoughts. So if you control the thoughts, your perspective, the way you see something, you're going to change the way you feel about something. So, um, Rav Noach's brother, Rav Yaakov Weinberg, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Israel in Baltimore, said this about emotions. Just want to quote it. You can't trust emotions. You must always judge emotions. So you use them, right? But you cannot fulfill yourself as a human being without emotions. Reason can't motivate. It is sterile. Emotions motivate. But reason must act as a measuring rod to judge your emotions, whether they are appropriate or not. This is what Torah and divine service are all about. So your emotions are very powerful tools, but you can't let them decide what's going to happen in your mind. So for example, imagine you had a surgeon who's going to have to do surgery on you. You're getting your wisdoms out. And he had a terrible fight with his wife that morning and now he's in a bad mood and now he's going to cut you. Because he's not feeling nice. So of course you're not going to expect him to bring personal matters like that. You would say that's a stupid example in a sense. Of course he's not going to let irritation, frustration, maybe anxiety from fighting with his wife affect the work he's going to do today. That's because he's choosing to not let his emotions impact on what he needs to do. And that's the same thing what we can do <clears throat> with emotional purity, is you decide to not let emotional, bad emotions affect you. So for example, let's say you have to go catch a flight, and you're in the Uber on the way to the plane, right, going to Miami, going to New York, and um, there's terrible traffic and you can't get to your plane. Now initially you're going to get very cross, and you're going to feel this is terrible, and you're going to feel frustrated. But you can say, is this emotion a productive emotion now? Is it going to help me if I feel this? And you can say, probably not. It's better if I can remain calm. I'm not going to gain anything by doing this. And therefore you've selected, you've chosen to not let negative emotions come into you, keeping your mind pure. The same way with gold has no impurities. Your mind has no negative emotions. On the other hand, emotions are very powerful and you can use them in the correct way. So for example, if you're going to a wedding, let's say you're going to a big simcha, going to a bar mitzvah, a wedding, and then you can decide if you're going to stress about work or varsity or friends or something when you're at the wedding, or you can say the most appropriate and wonderful emotion to enjoy at this moment is joy. I'm making a conscious decision to feel joy at this moment. It's not the right time to feel anxiety or stress. Not saying that you that, that's going to be easy, but it will set up your mind differently for that moment. And then you're not going to waste the moment. Um, so emotional purity is about choosing the emotion that is most productive and not letting your mind be controlled by negative emotions. And then lastly, we have goal purity. So goal purity, if, if you ask anyone who's achieved anything big, they're going to tell you that the biggest thing is you have to be absolutely obsessed 
with that thing, right? It's a lifelong dedication. You have to put all of your force into it. And that's what goal purity is. That's what we're talking about here. So there's two sides to goal purity. The first side is getting clear on what your goals are and what you expect to get out of them. And the next side is once you've chosen and clarified that goal to yourself, you go 100% into it. You throw your entire body into it. So we all have goals. We have, like when I started at the beginning, that we have a general feeling of how we want to get there, but we actually don't know it very clearly. And because we don't have that clarity in the goal, it's impossible to attain the goal almost because you're not going to be focused on what you need to be working on. You're not actually going to know what to work on. There's no game plan. There's no bridge to get there. So when you have goals, so for example, you um, you need to um, get 100% clear on what you expect to get out of it. What is the achievement here? And then once you have that, then you're not going to be as distracted on that on getting that main goal. And this applies to small goals and big goals, but it also applies to your whole life. Because in a sense, you need, you need to frame your life in what am I working for at the end of the day? What's the overall goal that I'm trying to get there? So imagine if you knew that. Imagine how clear, imagine if you had it clear, you knew exactly what you were aiming for. And then for example, so like let's say the goal is you want to become a great person. That's the goal. So now for example, if something in the day happens that frustrates you, you can see that frustration in the moment as a tool to become a great person. It can fit into the larger goal because you can say this is an opportunity for me not to react badly. It's an opportunity for me to maybe let it go and to look to the other side. It can be an opportunity to help someone. But something that would have just been a frustration can now become incorporated into the bigger goal. Also, it helps when you need to make big life decisions. Is this helping the goal? Do I still have that goal? Is it detrimental to the goal? And then once you've um, chosen that and you've made it clear, you then need to go 100%. You need to become 100% obsessed with it. Um, so in the book, uh, in the Sefer, Mesira Sesharim by the Ramchal, when he starts off, he says the a very famous paragraph we've all seen. Um, and he says... Um, the foundation of all wisdoms and the root of pure service of God is for a person to know what his obligation is in the world and to what should he put his vision and his vision and ambition in everything he does all the days of his life. So that's exactly it. Get very clear what you're trying to achieve and what activities you need to throw yourself completely into in order to get there. He says, Rabbi Willis writes, that a person needs to have one goal that should be intellectually understood, that's your vision, and emotionally uh, attached, which is ambition. So right, that's why we said earlier that emotion by itself is dangerous, but reason by itself is sterile. You don't, you don't get anything accomplished. So you have to get the body, you have to get the feelings behind it, and you have to feel like not only do I know that that's what my goal is, but that's what I actually want to be doing. It feels nice to do it. And the sages, right, the, the, the rabbis have said what human beings were created to do. Human beings were only created to take pleasure in God. That's the whole goal. So um, we know in Tehillim, David Amelech writes, All my bones will say to you, Hashem, there is none like you. So there David is saying this idea. My whole body is going to be involved in the one concept. 
Hashem. I'm going to focus on Hashem, but my whole body's going to be it. King Shlomo writes that, I can't remember the exact way to phrase it, but um, in whatever your hand is going to do, do it with your full force. That's in Proverbs, I think. Is that familiar? No, that's in Kehelis. Okay, it's in either Kehelis or Mishlei. Okay, but that's the concept. So to summarize, distractions are the biggest thing that's going to stop us from getting where we want. It's going to hinder our life. Um, not being clear on our goals will mean that we're never going to get to them. So we have to have intellectual, emotional, and goal purity. Intellectual purity means you're going to be clear on your ideas. You're going to um, live what you believe. You're going to focus on what you need to focus on. And you're going to train yourself to try to have multiple tracks of focus. Emotional purity is you choose the right emotion for the right time. And you don't let negative emotions influence you. You don't have to. And goal purity is you get your goals clear and you throw yourself completely into them.